0: our Guest here with us today, and um, pleasant surprise to see the Bowie family uh, come in this morning. Brother and sister Bowie, and Jay, and his wife Angel, glad to have them. And um, it's always, brother Bowie's a <clears throat> very much a touch to my past, and uh, when I was young he was young and after church like today we'd all run home and eat and then we'd go play football for two hours and then come charging back in here for choir practice and church at that time didn't start till seven and so we filled Sundays up worshiping the Lord, playing ball and then coming back and finishing it off at night but I, I love brother and sister Bowie and appreciate what they're doing at Texas Bible College Colossians chapter 1, and I would like to read verse 12. The Bible says there, Giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son. To ask the Lord for our hearts to be receptive to this word here this morning. And um, the Lord is good to us. Amen. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ. We are here, Lord, in your presence. Lord, we feel, Lord, strength from the Spirit. And yet, God, we are also touched, God, with Lord, the grief of loss, and I pray, Lord, that here for the next few minutes, Lord, that your word, God, would speak to our hearts, it would be an encouragement, it would be, a, Lord, a reason for us to look to eternity and to make the most of our lives. I pray, Lord, that today in Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, man, you may be seated. I uh, have a <clears throat> journal here that um, started working on it um, around about the time that Sister Patterson passed away, and I call it my Heaven Journal. And generally, uh, whenever Someone in the church uh, passes from this life to their eternal reward. I go to this, and I've probably written probably sixty or seventy pages of various notes, and so this message this morning may be more meandering around than it is uh, what my normal practice is. Uh, But my thoughts again turn. To heaven and it has been there for probably the last month or so since brother Paul uh, has been homebound and I want you to realize that whenever uh, we look to the saints of the past uh, that it is not a matter for us to worship the saints in fact uh, whenever you look to the Old Testament, the Bible very much plainly condemns uh, a practice that was called necromancy, or something that, even more modern terms, have perhaps called it spiritualism, and that is a prayer to the dead. That is condemned in Leviticus chapter nineteen, verses twenty-six and thirty-one. It's also condemned in Deuteronomy chapter eighteen, verses nine. Through fourteen, Isaiah comes along and addresses that in Isaiah chapter eight, verses nineteen through twenty-two, and then also in chapter nineteen and verse three. And then Paul, whenever he arrives there at Philippi, speaks to that in Acts chapter sixteen and verses sixteen through eighteen. And yet we have to realize that there is a memory that we have of those that have gone on before us. One of the early church fathers, a man by the name of Cyprian, wrote a letter uh, to Cornelius. Cornelius was the bishop there at Rome, and uh, they realized that the pressure of the times, that uh, it was very well going to be the uh, possibility that uh, the Caesar would extinguish their lives. And so Cyprian wrote a letter to Cornelius, and here's what he said. He said, If one of us goes before the other, let our love for one another be unbroken. And when we are with the Lord, let our prayers for our brethren and sisters be unceasing. Whenever you begin to look to some of the the past, Charles Wesley wrote a hymn called, Come, Let Us Join Friends Above. And one of those verses goes like this, Come, let us join friends above that have obtained the prize and on the eagle wings of love to joys celestial rise. Let all the saints terrestrial or earthly sing with those to glory gone For all the servants of our king in earth and heaven are one. Another verse, 10,000 to their endless home. This solemn moment fly and we are to the margin come and we expect to die. Even now we join our hands of faith. And with those that have gone before, and the great blood sprinkled band on that eternal shore. Whenever you start looking to the scriptures, the scriptures speak to that very matter. What about those of us that have been left behind? What What about those of us that are now grappling with the grief of loss? To some, a Greater degree, obviously, Sister Regina, John, Paul, Brittany, and Landon are going to be the most affected by that. But, but because that Paul Miller has been uh, a member of this church for well over twenty-five years, there again is that part that we will feel him missing in action as we have felt others that have gone on to their reward before. But what do we do in these moments? The scriptures, they speak to that very matter. And there's one that, that too that I read to you here in this opening text. What did Paul have to say about that? He said, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet or reward to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who's delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of God of his son and so there is thanks that we are to give there is praise that is still to be offered up in this sanctuary in the coming Sundays in the coming Wednesdays in the coming years if the Lord so tarries is coming but here's what we have to understand we know that there is a coming inheritance because our sins have been forgiven Chains of bondage have been removed from our lives and and redemption is now to be enjoyed and holiness and purity is to be experienced and there will be rewards that are going to be received for our faithful service. So in their absence, what do we do? We continue to press on and we continue to be faithful. Look at that word their inheritance. That means that there is a connection of the saints on earth and of the saints that are there in heaven. It's a spiritual connection. It's not a, a mystical connection that we would look to as, as the mystics have done in the past and veer off into all sorts of paganism. But there is a connection with the church that is present here on the earth as to the one that is there in heaven. And there will be a day that will arrive where that this church... This people, this corporate body, not the building, but the people, the saints of God that are there, that they will be reunited in the Lord Jesus Christ with those that have already gone on to their reward. If you have been in the church for any length of time, then I dare say that all of you here today that there has been someone that has passed on in uh, your life, a parent, a grandparent, uh, a friend, a, a brother that has passed on here out of this church. And I, again, now I'm starting to realize that it's not just elders that are starting to pass, but they're, they are peers of mine that were my age, Gary Butler and Paul Miller. Men that were my age, and it seems like now that death has snuffed out their lives, and yet we are undergirded and we are strengthened, and we are empowered by a great cloud of witnesses. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter twelve, and there is a scripture there that that perhaps you should underline in your Bible, but in Hebrews chapter twelve, In verse 1, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Think of, of that verse. Here is what we find there. Just as the song this morning that Jesus Christ that he has defeated death. And that there is a cloud of witnesses. Uh, that Those that, that you and I know. Some of them we don't know who they are. But the writer of Hebrews comes along and, and he affirms the fact there is a cloud of witnesses that have already crossed over to the other side. And somewhere along the way there is an observation that I believe that they have of what is taking place here on this earth. And as we move on I will shore up that belief with what the Bible has to say. But look down there in verse 23 of that same chapter there. Here's what, what, what the writer says. He, he says it like this. He says, To the general assembly, And the church of the firstborn Which are written in heaven And to God the judge of all And the spirits of just men That have been made perfect Can you imagine what that's going to be like And whenever you get to heaven That all of your imperfections And that all of the besetting sins And all of the challenges That you have faced in this life That that the promise is there that, That we will have spirit of just men and they will have been made perfect we are indeed going to a city we're going to a city where there will be no more night we're going to a city where Jesus is the light a trumpet is gonna sound and we will be called away we ought to be going to a city someday But again, from the Scripture, it strongly appears that that those that have gone on before us, that they catch glimpses of what's taking place here that is still going on in the earth here today. Turn back in your Bibles to Luke chapter 15, and let's look in verse 10. That is a part where Jesus tells three of his most important parables, but look at what he says there in verse 10. 10. He said, Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. Notice what he says there, that there is not a rejoicing by the angels, but we there is rejoicing that's going on in the presence of the angels there. And so who is in the presence of the angels? Well, you look back to Hebrews chapter 12, again and look with me to verse 22 but ye are come unto Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God the heavenly Jerusalem and to an innumerable company of angels to the general assembly of the and the church of the firstborn which are written in heaven and to God the judge of all and to the spirits of just men made perfect I look at that there in the scripture it doesn't just isolate the angels, but it tells us that those that are in the church. Now, obviously, there is a lot of theology that you could you could come to understand about paradise and ultimately where that heaven is going to be. And I've used this illustration before. It's it's for instance that if you're flying from Miami and and you are going to Los Angeles, that that most likely you're going to fly out of Miami and you're going to land in Atlanta. And there's going to be a lay. for a little while for you to get on another plane and then if you've got non-stop to fly from Atlanta uh, to Los Angeles that's sort of where that that when a saint dies that they are in paradise they're in that, that layover time and ultimately what John writes about about that holy city that he saw coming down we will populate that place but for the time being that this church is in the presence of angels and whenever there is somebody that is born again Jesus said in Luke 15 that there is rejoicing that goes on not just with the angels but with that church that great cloud of witnesses and so you think about that part that again that there is some observation than those that have gone on before us that they have view. Of what's taking place here in this earth, I think about my granny, my my poor granny, literally poor in in material needs, and and there's an observation that that she is there and she is rejoicing about some of the accomplishments and some of the things that she has seen to be advanced in my dad and my mother's life and in in our family and in my life and now in my children's life that my grandmother that was a praying woman that she is observant of what is taking place there and I'm just going to tell you the same way that I believe I have a lot of scripture to stand Known to believe to say that they are observing because they are that great cloud of witnesses and if there ever was something that ought to stimulate holiness and ought to stimulate salvation and purity and worship in your life, not only for the Lord Jesus Christ, but for that great cloud of witnesses that's over on the other side that are observing what's taking place. I know some of you getting nervous, so let me help you a little bit. You think, oh my Lord, they're going to see what I'm, I've done wrong, and, and talking back to my parents, and, and uh, talking back to my wife, and a and, uh, variety of other things. I believe it's the common grace of God that He shields their eyes from the times that that we fall into traps of sin and, and we fall into places of, of lukewarmness and even spiritual backsliding, that the Lord shields that those eyes of those witnesses from that because it's His blood that takes care of that. It's not their death that's going to cover my sin, but that is the common grace of God that those witnesses are unable uh, to see. But But there's even more In that fact that there is a church of witnesses. Turn back in your Bible to John chapter 8. And Jesus is in a conversation with some very shrewd people that that he is speaking to. Look to John chapter 8 and I want you to look there in verse 51. The Bible says it like this. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, If a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. And then the Jews, then said the Jews unto him, Now, now we know that he has a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets, and, and thou sayest, If you keep my sayings, you, he shall never take, taste death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead, and the prophets are dead? Whom makest thou thyself? Now, I want you to skip down to verse 56. Jesus has a response. He said, Your father Abraham, he rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it, and he was glad. And then said the Jews unto him, You're only 50, you're, you're not even 50 years old. And how in the world can you say that you have seen Abraham? And Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Abraham here's what Jesus said Abraham saw the incarnation he saw the the crucifixion he saw the resurrection and so if he saw that then, then Abraham also saw the birthday of the church he saw all of those saints being born in to the kingdom of God. He saw when I got the Holy Ghost whenever I was seven years old and so if the Lord is saying that Abraham has the observation he is in that cloud of witnesses and there are others that have passed on and they are aware again of what's taking place But I believe that that there is more biblical evidence that that I can share with you here this morning that that can help you to realize that those saints, that those witnesses are aware even of the deepest challenges that every one of us face. I want you to turn over a few pages and let's look to Revelation chapter 6. Revelation chapter 6, and I would like to begin in verse number 9. Revelation chapter 6 and verse 9. Here is what John writes that he sees. And this is the lamb that that opens the seals up. It said, and when he had opened the, f- the fifth seal, verse 9, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? And white robes were given unto every one of them, and it was said unto them that they should rest. Yet for a little season until their fellow servants also and their brethren that should be killed as they were should be fulfilled. So apparently here's what John comes along and, and the observation of those martyrs that have already been there. That, that they are in observance of the pressure that those saints are under and they're calling to the Lord. Lord how long is it going to be before you avenge our blood and before you avenge them that are going through all of those struggles there in that. I'm just going to tell you church that would suggest that the saints in paradise that the witnesses that they are in observance of what is taking place here They see every bit of your pressure. They see every bit of the struggles and the trials that you are walking through here today. And there is another part that we realize that just because a saint is graduated to a greater life that that does not exile or counsel out their praise and their worship nor does it counsel out their prayers. In fact, I preached on this before that, that the prayers of some of those old older saints in the past that they've been bottled up and that those prayers that they they're circulating right now in in the around the throne of the Lord and it says that their prayers are coming up in the nostrils of God hear me church if there ever was a time that we ought to be praying for revival and praying for spiritual power and spiritual strength it ought to be today because you don't realize that Your prayers are going to outlive you in eternity. But there's even more. Turn over a few pages to Revelation chapter 18. And look with me to Revelation chapter 18. And look in verse 20. Here's what John writes. This is telling about the fall of Babylon. He says it like this: Revelation chapter eighteen and verse twenty. Rejoice over her, thou heaven, and ye holy apostles and prophets, for her God, for God hath avenged you on her. I'm going to read that out of the NIV, and I want to start in verse seventeen. It said, "In one hour, such great wealth has been brought to ruin. Every sea captain." And all who uh, trade, who trade, travel by ship. The sailors and all who earn their living from the sea will stand far off. And when they see the smoke of her, talking about Babylon burning, they will explain: Was there ever a city like this great city? And then they will throw dust on their heads and with weeping and mourning cry out, Woe, woe, O great city, where all who had ships on the sea became rich through her wealth. In one hour she has been brought to ruin Rejoice over her, O heaven Rejoice, saints, apostles, and prophets God has judged her For the way that she has treated you And John comes along and he tells him, he says, you're going to watch Babylon totally implode from the inside. Who's he having reference to? Hebrews 12 and 1, that great cloud of witnesses. I can look out among this congregation here this morning and I know that there are people that are attached to you that I have great confidence that they are in heaven and they are observing they are watching what is taking place here in this place and in this earth and so therefore I would even say to you here this morning that less than an hour ago, little back about, about an hour and a half ago, then brother Paul Miller who I'm confident of that there was something about it that now he's looking at a world in an entirely different light and to those of us that have been left behind, you've got to keep keep marching, you've got to keep striving, you've got to keep going in the direction that you're going in you can't forget what Jesus said in Luke 9 strive, work labor that you are to enter into that narrow gate that they are there and uh Oh me, I, again! And this is the connection with the church that I have in Andalusia. And I thought about my granny uh, last night. Brother Mullen is out of that church there in in Andalusia. Grew up over there, and that's where my granny went to church at. And I thought about about Sister Mullen, and uh, she passed away a number of years ago, but she's there. And she's observing witnesses. I'm talking about godly people that lived simple lives that were filled with holiness. Be careful, my young brothers and sisters, that you don't fall into the trap of materialism and get choked down and trying to pursue this world and wrap your arms around cars and homes and and, and things of that manner because they're going to pass away. It's only what we do for Christ it's going to last and so one man said it like this he said the saints are not our way to God I want to make sure that you understand that here this morning that these saints they are not our way to God but God is our way to them and I want to stand here this morning and affirm it even more than what I ever have before that those saints of God you can stand that those saints of God that have gone on before us. Gary Butler. I miss Gary. Thought about Gary here just a few weeks ago. And again, Brother Paul's imminent death has kind of caused me to go back and rehearse just some of those memories that I had with Brother Gary and, and various others that we could name here in this congregation this morning. But I'm just going to tell you something, church. You ought to affirm with everything inside of you and commit to yourself that you're going to make it and that you are not going to give in and turn loose and quit it's not worth it oh it's not worth it the reward that's coming it is not worth it and I trust this morning I'm going to do something I hardly ever do. I'm not going to give an altar call. I'm going to pray. And then Brother Patterson and I will be leaving to go to uh, the Miller's home. Uh, but I felt the presence of the Lord here today. And I hope these scriptures, these are not my words, but they're it's the word of God. Has been able to draw us into a place of belief and faith to know that that great cloud of witnesses that we ought to stand firm and strong here in this day. Our Lord Jesus Christ, I am so thankful, Lord, for your word. I'm thankful, Lord, for your presence.